Hello, you are listening to KPMG's Delivering Digital podcast, a podcast for CIOs and technology leaders who are facing the unique challenges of delivering digital transformation in a large organisation. We focus on your issues, giving you practical, independent advice. I'm Colin O'Neill and today's episode, we are going to talk about the six key trends that we see for 2022 in the world of digital transformation. And to take us through these, I'm joined by Owen Lewis, partner here in KPMG Ireland. Owen leads our managing consulting practice and brings over 25 years of experience, most of that in delivering digital transformation. And we are also joined by Johnny Burke. Johnny's a director and innovation leader here at KPMG with over 15 years experience in delivering digital data and product strategy for clients right across EMEA and North America. You're both very welcome, gentlemen. And um, I'll maybe kick off with you, Owen. Um, And, you know, it's certainly been something that's been the top of businesses' to-do lists in 2022 is skills um, and skills right across their business. I, I guess in the US it's been called the Great Resignation, um, I don't know that we're seeing that same trend here, but we are definitely seeing businesses um, challenged with getting the necessary skills to run their businesses. How should this play into organizations' digital plans? Hey, Colin, look, talent uh, and the war for talent is a, a really important topic. The shape of the workforce as we move forward, you know, obviously is evolving with the demands for new skills, you know, such as data scientists, uh, customer experience professionals, technologists, etc. Um, but also, I think more fundamentally, Colin, there's a need for the staff, the frontline staff, the management of organizations to be much more digitally savvy, to be able to assist their customers. I guess it's the transactional nature of work shifts to a more automated environment, then To me, customer empathy becomes even more critical, you know, the interactions with customers and the decisions that we make as a a business. And that takes a different type of thinking. Um, We're also seeing a rapid shift to new ways of working with with organizations looking to harness the value of their employees, you know, and their partners breaking down silos and becoming much more adaptive and, and agile. To achieve this level of engagement and, and, as I said, empathy and trust, then organizations need to really be clear with their customers and, you know, critically with their employees, what their vision and strategy is. They need to provide an environment that's stimulating, you know, that gives opportunities for learning, personal and professional development. And, of course, an environment that adopts the emerging principles of a, a flexible hybrid working I think digital transformation is a key tenant in this vision as it provides a platform for people to engage in innovation, innovative concepts, expand their capabilities, and importantly, connect work with value as more manual activities are automated. So that, I think that'll see a, a real shift in, in the employee proposition, and, and that's gonna be key to how we attract and retain talent. So a real, um, a, a really kind of broad use of digital technology there in the kind of both recruitment, retention, and then also creating an environment that makes your, your people um, more effective. So Johnny, we've heard about the skills shortage in general, but as organizations um, are in advanced stages of their digital transformations, digital skills right across the enterprise are becoming a potential major barrier to that success. Um, how, how do 
how do companies approach that? And as we head into 2022, how, how will businesses manage that trend? Yeah, um, digital upskilling in 2022 and beyond is going to be such a huge focus. We're already working with clients, every size organization, looking at their digital transformation journey. And we're looking at this idea of digital advocacy through upskilling. So um, probably it's been over talked about, but the fact that the pandemic has accelerated digital transformation for a lot of organizations that were maybe um, kind of catapulted into a new reality. A lot of the skills that maybe, you know, they're chocked with um, a lot of employees who have really highly technical skills in potentially old ways of working. And it's hard to get those valuable employees uh, the skills to kind of communicate and participate and to thrive in this new digital environment. So I think if, if you're an organization kind of feeling that pinch right now, you're not alone and it, it's only going to continue because of that talent shortage, as you mentioned. So I think for us, what we've been doing is really sitting down with clients, look at their digital transformation roadmap, look at how they're scaling their digital efforts and where upskilling falls in that. And then it's about talent retention because most of our clients' organizations they have a lot of really well-qualified folks, really good at their jobs, and sometimes they're being bogged down now in manual processes that are consuming a lot of their tactical time, and they're not getting to focus on some of the strategic impact that they could possibly make. So I think one of the areas that we're trying to address that is with um, low-code platforms. So you know, won't be a surprise to anybody probably who's in the digital space that low-code is kind of becoming per- pervasive and it a necessary skill to learn for most employees across the org, whether you're in finance, IT, HR, operations, etc. Um, so we've really been putting thought into personalized learning paths, micro learning opportunities across different platforms. So um, KPMG here, we're uh, vendor agnostic, but we work across across the gamut from things like Power Platform and Appian to automate or create microservices or micro applications, Alteryx or Blue Prism maybe to automate those manual and time-consuming parts of employees day or week even in terms of reporting or um, processing of information or threat detection in cyber things like that all the way down to um, exploring like automated bpm right so um, business processes how they can be looked at and analyzed regularly taking that load a little bit all folks upskilling them with the skills to put things in place to free up some of their time and then that creates the innovation and value within the organization um, that we see kind of really explode through this digital transformation so um, from an upskilling perspective i like i like to hit on that idea of upskilling as digital advocacy if you're not um, if you're communicating the value of digital to your customers employees but you're not giving them the skills to participate in the new digital environment, you're only um, hitting half the battle. So it's where we're super focused probably this year and beyond, right? Um, Because the skills people have are now, um, they have a much shorter half-life. So continuing to upskill your folks, continuing to upskill yourself, is just gonna be par for the course in any transformation journey. So effectively, every employee becomes a digital employee. Exactly, exactly. And then it increases their net worth, their um, overall contribution to the organization and it makes them a more valuable and valued employee. So in addition to some of the concerns around people and skills, ESG definitely remains top of the agenda in 2022. And, and how should that factor into our digital plans as we look into the year ahead? There are a whole host of implications here from strategy 
through to fundamental shifts in business and operating models, and of course, reporting and governance when, when we think of, of ESG. Key to all of this is transparency, to really understand the contribution each firm, each subdivision of that firm is making towards the goals set out at a market level and at an organizational level. This transparency doesn't just stop at the four walls of the firm, but percolates through the supply chain, you know, where companies, stakeholders, consumers are demanding more information on the impact of products, uh, service, and in fact, the overall ecosystem uh, has on this agenda. And, you know, it's not just the, the E of ESG that's important either, uh, but there's a much broader agenda, including obviously social responsibility and ethically produced goods, et cetera. Through our Sustainable Futures team, we are working with clients to understand both the regulatory and customer needs from a broad and specific ESG perspective. Some clients are at the start of that journey uh, and you know, we're perhaps there physically at a, maybe a manufacturing site and we're working with them to build carbon reporting models and others are perhaps more focused on broader strategic decisions. ESG and data required uh, for ESG uh, reporting, et cetera, needs to be built into every digital interaction. You know, this ranges from all sorts of you know, carbon scoring uh, for customers, you know, ensuring goods and materials are sustainably sourced and, and trackable, et cetera. And of course, with the recent COP26 developments, we are working globally with our clients to tackle these problems from a data and digital perspective. The way we see this is every digital roadmap should be built with a sustainability lens incorporated at the heart of it. So Johnny, we've, we've covered the environmental and social aspects of ESG, but getting onto the governance aspect, it's been said that businesses run at the speed of trust. What will digital technology do to support that in 2022? Yeah, it's, it's a great question because one of the huge trends like in 2022 and beyond is trust probably in society as a whole but definitely in digital and digital technologies and architecture and data is kind of at the heart of that so most organizations now are on some version of their digital transformation journey and data is a big part of that and a big part of why you're collecting and building that data warehouse or data framework is probably to deploy some sort of AI or ML within your organization. And depending on your maturity, that could be you know, anywhere from starting out to very advanced predictive analytics. Um, but I think as AI is becoming more pervasive in organizations, there's a huge need to build trust because there's been some super high profile cases, even recently, um, where biases have been discovered in you know, pretty impactful algorithms. So there's algorithms being used from everything from HR hiring processes to intelligent forecasting and finance and supply chain to predictive marketing um, and product recommendation engines. So I think in 2022, the whole goal for organizations will be to build trust with their customers about what they're developing and what data they're using from their customers, how they're developing these algorithms, um, I'm putting in place a couple of different frameworks. So um, there's probably a four steps I would suggest to get a handle on trust in AI. And one would be building um, a bias analysis framework, right? So start to think about 
um, artificial intelligence as you would kind of your your financial audit. You need to regularly audit how your algorithms are being developed, what training data is being used, are there potentially underrepresented or biases in your underrepresented groups or biases in your data set that need to be addressed, that need to be modeled for. Um, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of algorithms are algorithms are built by or trained by humans, and humans carry with us inherent biases. So. Um, having third-party audits, having a governance framework, having regular checks and balances on how your algorithms are developed, um, pretty key and will be a big trend to kind of pervade that trust and communicate that that's happening. Um, governance then from there, I think, because there is probably a lag in you know regulation catching up with the speed of, of AI and ML development, it's really about developing an AI ethics framework and communicating that across your organization and to stakeholders, both customers, suppliers and employees to show how you're developing AI and what you're using it for, what goes into your algorithms, what data is being collected. Um, so, you know, your own governance framework that you can actually stand behind, maybe work with some some peers and some, um, some third parties to develop that and stand by and do regular checks and balances against it. I think the third thing I would I would think about here is transparency. So you know, everybody now gets the pop-ups on websites about what data is being collected on you. That should be part of an organization structure throughout data that they're collected. So anywhere they're using um, machine learning to make a decision or to assist in a decision, that should be made very clear to the end user or the end beneficiary, what's being collected, how this um, algorithm is being developed, and the opportunity to opt out sharing certain data sets, right? And all the way through from your suppliers through to your, to your customers. Um, and then education. So a lot of mistrust in general in anything comes from a misunderstanding maybe or not full understanding of, um, of the subject matter. So into, you know, we talked about upskilling, but building in to your organizational upskilling, um, how to educate people about the impact of AI, what your AI plan is, what you're using it for, how it's going to impact people's jobs for the, for the positive and negative reasons and, and be, like I said, transparent about it. Um, I think if you can, if you can build your, into your strategy those four building blocks, it'll help uh, that, that kind of mistrust or potential mistrust that there is out there around um, artificial intelligence. Because it is, it's, it's, it's uncharted territory. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say sometimes people would feel that a decision made by a computer is one that's, you know, the ultimate unbiased decision because it's a machine. But as you say, somebody codes the machine, and and you you have to you have to guard against that bias coming through in the algorithms. Hundred percent. And if you think about it from the other from the reverse lens, if a computer computer doesn't have empathy, so if you're making a decision or if you're having a human interaction. The human that you're interacting with can read signals, can be empathetic, can treat you as a personalized edge case. We're not necessarily there with AI yeah. yet, and we're probably a long way from it in some aspects. So, um, you know, just it's not a one kind of solution for everything. It, it, it should be looked at with a critical lens. It should be understood there is bias baked in, and then putting in place the, the governance and controls that you would expect almost with anything else you would do in your business. Yeah, so is that, that whole thing of controls and then the transparency around what you're doing to to um, to ensure that you're 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 not making decisions that would be either detrimental for your business or detrimental for the people you're trying to serve 100 percent um and i think with a digital strategy and where it's going and where we see that kind of massive scaling happening 
AI is only going to just going to be more pervasive. So if you can get those building block, blocks in place in 2022, you'll be set, setting yourself and your organization up for success. As much as we'd love not to talk about it um, in terms of digital trends for 2022, but it's difficult to not mention the elephant in the room, which is COVID-19, as we head into our third year living with this. Now, it was certainly an accelerant to organizations, digital transformations. But as we look into a world where we are living with COVID, do we see that now slowing down or will it continue to be a key driver of momentum? Great question. And we set to see digital trends uh, over the next few years continuing to accelerate. Look, um, in the last two years, we've seen digital transformation happen so rapidly as part of the pandemic. And what we're seeing uh, in 2022 and the plans going forward with many of our clients is that, that there's no um, uh, expectation that this will slow down. In fact, you know, there's an ambition to really drive forward a lot with the learnings that they've um, been able to uh, work through uh, as organizations and the maturity of those organizations and really wanting to drive that forward. And of course, the, the acceleration of digital in the market is, is not slowing down, you know, customer demands, et cetera, continuing to grow. Um, so we see firms really being focused on how can they scale some of the, the successes that they've had um, and how can they sustain digital throughout throughout the business? And I guess I see there's several components involved in delivering this kind of scalable digital acceleration. So firstly, really anchoring that digital investment to, the, to their business strategy and tangible outcomes. I suppose in the past, there has been you know, moments where Digital was a thing that was being, you know, sort of figured out um, and, and some investment never really landed a, a real focus on uh, combining those strategies, making sure the digital strategy, in fact, is the business strategy. Um, secondly, the building of cross-functional digital ways of working, what might be called modern delivery methods, you know, that enable an organization to scale and deliver value in a better, faster and smarter way. So the how of digital transformation is accelerating uh, as we go forward as well. Um, I guess the third point would be engagement of customers and employees, uh, you know, particularly in digital advocacy. So really working with those stakeholders to make sure what's being built will be used, will be valuable, will drive uh, the benefits that are expected and, and making sure that test and learn and maximize value loop is in place. Of course, importantly, tracking the benefits and tracking the impact, uh, understanding how an organization can become truly digital rather than just digitizing you know, the old ways. I think that's, that's a key part of uh, you know, checking benefits vis-a-vis you know, -vis the, the strategy. And I suppose that you know, back to the point around skills, so upskilling the workforce and building that you know, high-performing ecosystem of of connected organizations, you know, the actual firm, their partners, you know, the, the organizations that they work with, et cetera, to, to really bring the best of uh, those digital capabilities to their customers. As was more, you know, to, to, to round off, I guess, you know, more and more we see organizations building uh, what we might call a truly connected enterprise, you know, where we see the needs of the clients at the front end of, of, of that uh, value stream and and all of those needs seamlessly connected through the organization so connecting the front the middle the back office functions 
and really underpinning that capability with data and as I talked about modern uh, and adaptive capabilities. Now that does challenge some uh, existing structures such as governance structures etc but we see those being adapted as well so you know to answer the question I think we see you know that acceleration continuing and we see you know better ways of achieving those outcomes as we go forward. So it sounds like what you're saying is that, that you know a digital um, transformation having accelerated is now just going to literally go right through every aspect of the business and it's going to become pervasive through 2022. That's correct. That's correct. And I think particularly the fact that uh, any blockages in, in a, an organization have now been highlighted and brought to the surface so an organization can see which barriers they need to knock through. So that's that's a really good position for uh, 22 as, as uh, organizations move forward on their transformation. Just a, um, a supplementary question, Owen. Um, what do you think might surprise us in 2022? What will surprise us? I think we're, we're constantly surprised at, at the capability that exists in organizations to deliver new things. I think that's probably the, you know, the, the, the biggest value we'll see from digital transformation is not just, you know, the capabilities that a customer may get to use or, you know, some new services, et cetera, but really, I think, unleashing the power of, of an organization to do things that perhaps they never felt they could do before. And, and to me, that's, you know, what drives innovation. And, and that's, uh, you know, the value that I think we'll see by people focusing on doing new and, you know, great things rather than perhaps uh, being caught up in old ways of working. So, uh, is it a surprise? It feels sometimes like a surprise that uh, our organizations have such capabilities and, and it's, a, it's an exciting surprise that we'll be able to unleash those things as part of digital transformation. So you think the, the continued resourcefulness of our people will, will surprise us and what, they, and what they do with the tools we've provided them? That's it, Colin, yep. Very good. So Johnny, let's... let's um, maybe end on one that's a little bit out there. So, you know, you've got extended reality, digital assets, the metaverse, you know, lots of talk about it. But but really, if I am a CIO and I'm looking at my work program for 2022, does do those things feature? Well, yeah, you're spot on. I think the metaverse has captured so many headlines and will continue to in 2022. Um, you know, big acquisitions, big M&A deals, you know, Microsoft, um, buying up some gaming companies we've got nfts selling for you know astronomical fees but where i think the cio agenda really is in 2022 around the metaverse is more so around the underlying technology right so things like daos decentralized autonomous organizations smart contracts digitization of assets and even web 3.0 wallets they're you know, they're, they're the kind of building blocks of the metaverse. They're the less kind of sexy and shiny pieces, but they're actually going to be the things that pervade into the digital and business landscape and are part of your organization going forward. So I think, and a couple of examples of those, I suppose, would be, um, say, if anybody's familiar, familiar with, you know, buying or selling crypto or NFTs, you use a digital wallet to do that. Um, and as we grow, digital wallets are now becoming almost a replacement in some aspects for identity and access management. So it's where you hold potentially all of your data, all of your fungible and non-fungible tokens. You can log into different websites using one single profile, which are MetaMask or Coinbase wallet, etc. 
Um, I think that's an interesting trend for CIOs to look at, right? Beyond, um, you know, how they're using IAM or, or, sim- or similar SAML um, login services to maybe moving or piloting something around um, Web 3.0 or Wallet 3.0 logins. So it's trying to look beyond the noise and see the, the meat of what's going on. So, so the things that might be attracting attention are, are things that are a little bit out there, but the things that are really um, fundamental to what's driving those would be relevant to a business. Exactly, exactly. So if you think about, you know, NFTs take a lot of headlines, but the underlying tech, it's basically a digital asset recorded on a decentralized ledger. Now that has a lot of potential implications for businesses because that means it basically creates digital ownership which never was really possible before and proof of digital ownership. So for organizations or CIOs or CDOs looking at their landscape, how can they maybe protect IP? So custom code that they've, their organization has developed can now be minted um, as, a, as a standalone NFT potentially, and they can always point to ownership of that. Uh, processing template designs that are bespoke and unique to that business obviously in life sciences and beyond it could it could be a huge play for um for structures of you know new medicines or new devices etc so there's a lot of ip protection around digital assets that could be really interesting to cios and then exploring how um how daos work and how smart contracts work because in different areas of the globe, like Australia, for example, these are basically potentially going to replace the cooperative element. So um, anybody who's familiar with DAOs will know that it's kind of democratizing decision making in organizations. Um, and that'll be interesting. It, you're more in the phase of 2022, if you're a CIO, really just kind of understanding these concepts, maybe doing a potential pilot with a, a more future looking part of your business. Um, but I think the underlying tech in the metaverse is, is what's going to impact businesses over the next you know, three to five years. So kind of preempting that and getting ahead of it is what you probably should be doing in 2022. And it's interesting. I've seen um, the, some of the Premier League clubs now have, have started to um, sell tokens where um, you can, as a fan, you can, you can buy a token. In, in the club and it gives you some decision making in the club some basic very very basic and trivial things like the you know what music is played at half time or what kit is worn on a particular day but 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 it's it's that type of relationship with your effectively your customer base that you can create with these um, with with these technologies yeah exactly exactly that and it's a it's a different way to interact it's a way that a lot of your customers are embracing already so you need to have a strategy for it embedded in your digital transformation plan right so that's kind of what we're getting to it's how coming back to a customer experience what do they want and what do we want to be able to deliver for them going forward um so i think that's maybe where the impetus is coming from um and i think one thing that you mentioned there is kind of tokenization there's uh, sky is the limit potentially with that from um, an organizational and governance model as well in the future using DAOs. So Johnny, um, just to just to wrap it up, there's, there's a few things that are conspicuously absent from our, our list today. Um, and so I'm just going to fire a few of them at you and, you know, one line responses, um, you know, cybersecurity. Yeah, and we didn't include this one because now it's not a trend, it's just a reality, right? It's ubiquitous with all, like, with 
all of the kind of maybe high profile um, hack and hack attempts over the last even six to eight months, every organization has or should have a cyber strategy in place and be working through what the next phase of that security looks like. So it's not a trend, it's a reality. Exactly. Quantum computing? Quantum is interesting and it kind of ties to cyber. So some of the recent advancements in quantum, I think where we're looking at it from is how will that change encryption, right? So potentially encryption methods that have held for a long time and been standard practice can be broken quite quickly using the new quantum computing power. Um, so that's kind of where our focus is. I don't know that 2022 will be the year of quantum, but I think like that expiration phase is where you want to be and understanding how it could impact you. And like I said, cyber is everywhere, so it needs to be a big part of your strategy. And 5G? 5G, I think, is interesting from a B2B perspective. So um, I think you know we are doing a decent amount of work across the globe in terms of IoT, network assets um, and connectivity from a, a user perspective. I think where I see that being the biggest player is in the B2B market, you know, in the short term, where you're able to not only land real-time data, but make decisions on it, because now you're basically streaming um, unlimited information to your data hubs. So I think that's, for me, where the excitement is. It's kind of like the metaverse. It's like, if you look beyond maybe the telecoms industry to like, the, the core use cases, I think it's, it's in the B2B space and, and that um, use and capture of data at scale. Um, so there we have it. Um, some key trends to expect in 2022 from skills to metaverse, from the environment to scaling digital. Wherever 2022 takes us, you can be certain that digital will be right at the heart of it. If you want further insight, then go to our website where you will see all of our case studies that relate to the topics we've talked about today. So thank you for listening and thank you Owen and Johnny for joining us today on KPMG's Delivering Digital podcast where we focus on your issues giving you practical independent advice.